online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound, the Wickham Wanderers Show. Good evening and welcome to the latest edition of the Wickham Wanderers Show, which we say every week. So if you've just recently heard the previous one, which was also the latest, uh, this is now the latest. Yeah, you see, it used to work when you numbered them, because then at least you'd know, like, you know, sort of like, you know, volume four, volume five of the Wickham Wanderer Show. You're listening chronologically, this is the latest Yeah, it doesn't really work. No, Uh, but it's uh, it's a real good feeling about this show, generally, I think, anyway, because obviously we're we're, we're celebrating, if that's the right word, back-to-back victories over the Easter bank holiday weekend. It is the uh, only the second show that we've ever done, where where we're, we're coming off the back of six points. It's very exciting. It really is. But, as I said to Luke earlier on, there's a little bit of me that just worries slightly that maybe it's just just slightly slightly too late mm. I, I was asked the other day actually how I felt uh, about the, the, the chances of survival and I went for I went for 50-50 I think I'm 50-50 fi- yeah. yeah. I was so fed up particularly with Birmingham for, for getting that draw because mm. you know, I, I, I know it doesn't sound much but the difference between 8 points of and course. 9 points is you know and particularly with our goal difference is is really really big and yeah it was just so frustrating on monday to you know to get off the bottom of the table and and then for sheffield wednesday to win as they won and then for birmingham to draw the following day just like oh come on why can't the results go for us <laughs> it's so tight isn't it as well you look at there's just it two really points is. two points between both but obviously rotherham as we were discussing earlier they've got like, games in hand as well which yeah oh yeah and uh, that, that's another thing. you know it, it's not as if you can think every time sort of oh well okay after the say the you know the sunday game or whatever we'll know where everyone stands because you don't at the minute because rotherham have still got those four mm. games to play and sheffield wednesday have still got you know got one on us i'm sure you know that the running is sort of traditionally known isn't it as the last kind of six games which is what we're down to now as well and and we'll hear from uh, the manager throughout the program actually but but talking ahead of the luton game uh, caught up with him this morning and he was saying he's challenging the players to, to literally win as you'd expect uh, the last six games uh, yeah, of course, Luton. Uh, we, we've never been Luton at Adams Park, so it's a high time that we did. You know, in the in the same way that we were saying, well, we've never got anything you know out of Coventry at all, and we did. Well, this is clearly the season where actually uh, we are going to get something against Luton Town at Adams Park. Also coming up this evening uh, on the eighth of April, the twentieth anniversary of Keith Ryan's uh, fantastic goal in the FA Cup semi-final against Liverpool at Villa Park. We'll be speaking with him as well. Uh, but first, uh, we'll uh, focus on Good Friday and then Good Monday after that as well. Uh, here's <laughs> here's the, the manager speaking after uh, the victory over Blackburn. Yeah, we've changed slightly formation, style a little bit. It's worked, which has been great. You know, uh, Blackburn, obviously my hometown, my team I've supported. I don't like them losing, but at the expense of Wickham today, it's a, it's a great result for us, a real good result. Boys were fantastic, you know, really their efforts cramping up at the end. You know, we soaked up a lot of pressure second half, but I thought we deserved the game. I think we were the better side. I thought we had a, we had one cleared off the line. We had multiple chances first half. A set play, everyone will look at that and think it's good old Wickham, but hopefully they'll see a little bit more in that performance today because... Uh, Really, really proud of the boys, as always. Gives us a chance, though. Listen, I don't think anyone expected to get 20 points, never mind 30. So we're, we're at the dizzy heights of the championship. We're loving where we are. And my boys will keep fighting till the final whistle on the final day. And that's Wickham Wanderers. Something that really comes across there, obviously, well, in every, t- every time Gareth speaks, seems to be his positivity. But, but just the fact there that the expectation of, of other people outside the sort of the Wickham camp would be, you know, how would you have got 30 points? 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, the thing that really struck me was uh, where, where he then talked about the fact that we changed formation. He actually he sounded surprised that it worked almost. It was like, we changed formation and it worked. Uh, it was a really, really good performance. Uh, interesting that we went with a back three. Uh, Anis Mometi, I thought, was fantastic. Played really, really well um, and and was wonderful in how he then won uh, the, the corner, which we, we then scored from. And fantastic as well to, to win against a side which, uh, you know, beat so heavily earlier in the season. I know there are several factors which kind of helped as well, being with the international break um, only being quite quite soon after and um, Blackburn had players out, I think, as well. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can you can always say that anyway about every team, I think. But when a team's beaten you 5-0 um, earlier on in the season and you're bottom of the table, you know, I, I don't think any of us really expected that we would actually get a, you know, get three points from the, the Blackburn game. If we'd got one, we'd all be saying, wow, that was a really good result, wasn't it? Um, but actually, to manage, the, the fact that we managed to get all three, I know that you know, Blackburn haven't quite had the season that maybe those of us that were lucky enough to be at Ewood Park afterwards, you know, where we were saying, goodness me, you know, they, they look like they're finally going to sort themselves out and actually get promoted out of out of the championship. Uh, it clearly hasn't gone that way. Um, really interesting to see as well, and I've said this a good few times, that actually if you then look for various news <laughs> items on Wickham afterwards, you always then get the uh, the opposition's local newspapers coming up in, in the, the search. Um, and once again, Again, you know, it's all lowest point of Blackburn season, and it, it's been exactly the same. Like when we beat Birmingham and, and Sheffield Wednesday and Cardiff, you know, it, it they take it in such a bad, bad way. It's like goodness me, how on earth can we have lost to Wickham? Um, and it, it, it does make quite amusing reading, to be honest. But must be such a boost to go into the Rotherham game as well on, on the Monday and to have scored so early as well. Yeah, de- definitely. I mean, the you know, it must have been a really, really good confidence boost because obviously you know we were so unlucky against Rotherham on the first day that that really did almost set the season up in the way that it's actually gone and you feel you know we, we could have got a draw we could have got a nil-nil draw but we could have easily snuck that game we could have won it um and had we have done that then maybe things would have been a little bit different so I, I I'm sure that you know probably partly played on Gareth Ainsworth's mind as well and so to go into it having actually beaten a team like Blackburn uh to then go up to Rotherham um and get a goal after one minute 25 seconds you know was it was just fantastic and you could just see the momentum and the confidence just flowing through the team for, for the whole game and Rotherham place as you'll hear where it's clearly quite windy We've had a few good performances, but that's up there, obviously, a clean sheet away from home. What a tough place to come, Rotherham, you know, and uh, we knew what we'd be up against today. I thought the lads were outstanding. I thought they were absolutely clinical when they got their chances and their bodies on the line at the back, you know, another clean sheet from us. Yeah, we, uh, we're off the bottom for at least a couple of hours. We'll see how, how, that, how that lasts, but um, really proud, really proud, as always. It's a real squad effort today, you know, the subs came on, made a difference. But the, uh, the spirit in the hotel last night was one of, we've got nothing to lose, we're going for this. Um, I just wish we could have had a full squad fit at the start of the season, you know, it would have been such a different story. We look forward now, we've got six to go, we've got to win maybe five. We can do this, especially after today. You've said many times that getting that first goal is so important, and obviously to get it so early, must just ease any nerves that might exist. Yeah, do you know in both boxes is where this league is yeah. is determined and uh, Admiral Musk was took to a great finish not an easy one that you know it looks like he's clean through on goal and he should score it's not an easy finish at all um, great work from Uchik Pisa you know and again Uchik for the second goal and, and, uh, and McCarthy gets the deflection you know 
and third goal because David Wheeler comes on and, and does what he does you know I mean like I say we, we chances wise Rotherham probably matched us today but you know being clinical we're definitely the better team and then being solid at the back David Stockdale and everyone in front was just absolutely superb today really pleased proud of the boys and uh so don't rise off just yet. We spoke after you beat Preston at home and you told me then that you can do this. Yeah. Where does that belief come from? Not just from yourself, but obviously in that dressing room yeah, as well. Do you know what? I wake up every day feeling lucky. I never feel entitled to anything. You earn everything you get. And every day I wake up feeling you're a lucky man to have what you've got, get in there, inspire these guys because there's a chance we can survive. How many people would swap places with us right now? You know, there's, there's 20 teams that wouldn't. They're in the championship and there are others. But there's so many teams that would swap places right now with the Wanderers to have six games to survive in the championship. Wow, what an exciting encounter this is going to be for the rest of the season. And I, I preach that to the boys. Stay humble, stay human, because you know you never get anything, you earn everything you, you have to, and, uh, and they've earned it today. And of all the teams down there, you're the ones with momentum. I think that's 10 points out of the last 15 available. Well, if it's a time to get momentum at the end of the season, it's not a bad time to get it. Both Barnsley and Luton showed that last season. Whether we can do it or not, it's, it's going to be in, in the gods uh, and in the Wickham players, but we'll give it a right go, I'll tell you that. As well as the wind, it does sound like Rotherham's being rebuilt. <laughs> I was just going to say, that is definitely <laughs> another one that we'll have in our competition of what on earth is going on behind Gareth Ainsworth during is the that, <laughs> Is that what happens you know? after games? They just take the stadium down and then uh, yeah, yeah, put it somewhere yeah, else? Well, what on earth was going on? Uh, you know, number one, I didn't remember it being that windy uh, on Easter <laughs> Monday. And windy. number two, yes, it sounded like they were, you know, building, rebuilding the New York Stadium. It'll be lovely when it's done. Yeah, exactly. But it'd be very nice. I'm very pleased to say we can get the thoughts of uh, our guest, who uh, in about sort of 10 or 15 minutes will be talking mostly about him. Uh, but, <laughs> but Keith Ryan joins us. Hello, sir. Hello, how are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, obviously, the the, uh, the 8th of April is, is a date which which will will kind of stick in your mind for a while, I suppose, but 20 years on as well, that must be must be hard. Does it feel like only yesterday? Do you know what? Um, yeah, it does. I mean, it certainly doesn't seem like 20 years ago, but uh, you'd have had to remind me that it was the 8th of April and I had no idea. <laughs> in fact, when I was invited uh, onto the show, I was thinking, I wonder what that's all about, you know, maybe. But... Uh, yeah, no, fantastic memories. Um, as you say, uh, the years have flown by, haven't they? The seasons have flown by. Um, yeah, it seems a long, long uh, time away now. But um, yeah, great memories. Because I know you did quite a bit of media sort of earlier in the year, didn't you, for the for the Spurs game as well, which was which must have been nice to kind of bring it all back as well with the FA Cup. Yeah, it's lovely. I, I never get tired of uh, talking football. Um, I've been out of it now for quite a while, but um, yeah, it's um, it's fantastic to be reminded of all the successful times we had and uh, yeah just listening to you guys there and Gareth the positivity and the um, sort of willingness to to try and better himself and and encourage those boys it's uh, it's lovely to hear and obviously you've been in the dressing room situation it must be so great when the manager speaks so positively like that and it must be really inspirational yeah well what you don't want is a dower manager thinking you're going to lose every game is it you know so Gareth's certainly doing the right thing um I mean, I, I haven't, obviously, like everyone else, I've been struggling to see games this season. Um, but I do know that even from the start of the season when results weren't great, it seemed to me like they were trying for Gareth. They, they give everything on the pitch and maybe they just weren't really quite up to speed, the speed of the championship. But certainly seems like they've got to grips with, grips with it now. Um, they've never been, uh, well, since the first few games, they haven't been, uh, hammered it in any game. They've stayed in games till till the end. Um, 
and they've got some fantastic results of late. So can they do it? Who knows? Um, they're certainly giving themselves a fight, fighting chance. So, um, yeah, wish them well. And I know they'll give everything. And um, I think the support should be very proud of them all. One of the interesting things I thought about the the Rotherham game was very much how it was a complete role reversal to some of the games earlier on in the season, uh, in that actually Rotherham played quite well, and you were watching it thinking, oh, you know, they're, they're, they're quite a tidy side. Um, they had a, a good few chances, a good few crosses that, where they had an unmarked header, which just went wide every time. Uh, but Wickham still managed to to get the win and it was so so reminiscent of all of those games Colin that we've spoken about where where I've been sitting here saying exactly the opposite saying oh you know Wickham played really well we were so unlucky that we lost it it was so nice to see the other way round where you actually came away thinking well actually you know for for a three nil defeat Rotherham played quite well but hey we we managed to stick it in the net three times and it must be such a boost in confidence as well to have been beaten so heavily by Blackburn as we mentioned sort of five nil earlier in the season and as Keith said as well you know early in the division just finding your feet really and and then to, to go oh actually we can beat these teams Keith that must be something that you've kind of come across in your career as well perhaps you play a team and don't do so well against them but then you know next time you meet you kind of bounce back and do much better against them yeah 100% I mean I think even when we got I mean the transition from a uh, long time ago I know but uh, transition from being a non-league team to then going into the league you know I couldn't I wouldn't have thought I could be much fitter even in the non-league, I was working, but I was training hard twice a week and playing most games. But there, there was a definite difference going into that next league. Um, so each time you go up a level, uh, the fitness, the sharpness, the uh, the speed of thought, all of that changes uh, when you play, uh, you know, against a, a top side, a Premier Premier League side. That's generally the reason why they're playing in in the division they are because their speed of thought. Um, you know, the passing's much crisper and better. So it does take time. Um, so there was bound to be a bit of a, a come down from, um, from winning or getting promoted, uh, from the first division into the championship. Um, yeah. So it's a bit of a transition period and he had injuries, didn't he? And, um, he's got a, a few lads in on loan, but they, as I say, they've really, um, got up to speed now and, uh, yeah, seem to be coping, coping with it brilliantly. And you must have found as well from your time that you get to this stage of the season and, you know, form doesn't seem to matter so much for opposing teams. You know, we're playing Luton at the weekend and they've lost their last two. But, but I guess for, for this stage of the season, you've only got six games left and it's, it's whoever you're playing, it's literally, you know, sort of take on each, each, each oncomer, if you like. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think there's a focus now, isn't there? I mean, mid-season, it might have been a bit of a drag, cold weather, you know, uh, no, no fans, not getting, not getting results. Difficult, really difficult to keep uh, enthusiasm uh, to inspire those those lads. But Gareth does it right. You know, he's he's um, a really charming guy. Um, he's personable, as he always the, the the word he uses is humble. I think he is, and all the players seem to be. Uh, and he's certainly got them firing now. So it's going to be such an uphill task. I mean, what have we got now? Six games left. Um, it's a real challenge for the boys. Uh, Gareth thinks he may need to win six. You, you might get away with five, but you know any less than that is going to be a struggle to stay in, stay in the league. But um, yeah, he's, uh, he seems to be doing the right thing, and uh, I wish them all the best. I mean, uh, it would be an incredible, incredible achievement. But so was promotion last season, so I wouldn't write it off.
Keith, when you're at this stage of the season uh, as a player, is it easier to play against those teams that are fairly comfortably in mid-table rather than the relegation teams that that are in in that battle? Because that's definitely sort of how it came across, particularly against Blackburn, where really they looked fairly safe. uh, And, you know, and and we just clearly wanted it more on that, that particular afternoon. Yeah, I think it does. I mean, I mean, the edge is, is taken off it a little bit. If you have no real aspirations of reaching the playoffs or, you know, it, you feel it's out of your reach, then there has to be an impact in that. Um, yeah, those guys fighting for their, their lives, you know, in, in, in terms of relegation, um, you'd like to think they're giving, giving everything and giving a bit more. So, yeah, I would say there's probably an element of truth there. You want to steer clear, really, of the top sides and the bottom sides. Um, yeah. You know, all those players now, the Wickham lads are, have got to the championship by right. They don't want to lose um, uh, their, their status as championship players. I mean, yeah, even even the guys at the top of the league wouldn't want to play Wickham because they are fighting for everything. So, yeah, I think you're right. You know, rather play a mid-table side at this stage of the season. And that was why, again, you know, it, it was so great what happened uh, on Saturday and then Easter Monday. But at the same time, so frustrating then that, of course, you know, everybody else, the Sheffield Wednesday one and then Birmingham got the, the draw. Um, you know, it, it, yes, we are fighting for, for all we can, but we know that everybody else is as well. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have days like that, you know some of your best days in the changing room, you know, having, having performed brilliantly and, and got results. Uh, then news filters through from other other grounds is yeah sometimes it's disappointing. You can only do what you're doing, you know. Um, it would have been a, a a nice shot in the arm to uh, to to have results go our way, but um, yeah, sometimes that happens. You just got to try and look after yourself. And it's draining, you know. You know, um, staving off uh, relegation is difficult. Uh, you know, as everyone would tell you, any expert would say it's nicer to be challenging at the top of the top of the league you don't feel as though you can slip up at the bottom you know it's really tough so yeah still a mountain to climb for us but um yeah they'll take on the challenge i'm sure great to get the thoughts of keith ryan on the wickham andre show this evening Uh, in a few moments time we'll be speaking to uh, keith ryan this is wickham sound Still to come on this week's episode of the Wickham Wanderers show, where we'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth talking ahead of this weekend's game against Luton, after which there'll only be five games left. <laughs> a bit concerned by this. Uh, be, uh, it's not, not many now. Uh, but also, uh, this week, I'm very pleased today, we're chatting to uh, former uh, Wickham Wanderers midfielder and a person who uh, you might have heard earlier in the uh, the series of our shows, we got to chat to uh, Martin O'Neill and was talking about the time that uh, Keith Ryan came to the club and I, I think it's, it might be quite a, a well-known story, but Keith, it'd be brilliant to sort, of, to sort of hear it from you as to how, how you sort of became a Wickham Wanderers player. <laughs> he wasn't criticising me by any chance, was he? <laughs> um, right, OK. Um, so I don't know what part of the story you heard, but um, I um, was playing at Berkhamsted Town along with all the guys I'd played youth football with um, and... I try not to bore you with it, but we played in an FA Cup game against Gravesend and Northfleet. Um, we subsequently lost the game, but we we're all sort of 17, 18 years old. Um, good group of lads, uh, good footballers, all of us not too bad. Um, we lost the game. Wickham then went on to play Gravesend and Northfleet 
in the in the cup, the next game, and someone happened to mention, oh, you you know what, you want to go down to Burkhamsted and have a look at a couple of boys down there. They're not too bad. Um, the invite came in from from uh, Wickham for a couple of lads to go and train with uh, Wanderers, which at the time was probably three or four levels above where we were. One of whom was my cousin Steve. The other one wasn't me, as it happened. Um, the other guy didn't want to go. Uh, my cousin Steve Whitby went and played two or three reserve games. I managed to persuade um, one of the coaches there at the time, Jim Melvin, to give me a trial. Um, I trialled, played two games at the end of one season in the reserves and then was invited back for pre-season training. So, yeah, it was very fortuitous. Um, but if you don't ask, you don't get sometimes. I felt I was ready to take a step up, maybe not four levels, but... Um, then um, I did everything I could to, to stay fit and healthy uh, in the in the in the off season. Turned up there, uh, fit, strong, healthy, um, willing. And Martin, you know, I think took one look at me and thought, well, might be lacking a little bit. Um, needs to get up to speed, but certainly turned up fit and ready to go. So yeah, that's the sort of the long and short of it. Oh, well, that's a, that's a, oh, amazing story. Just, just because then, so, so basically, the reason that you played for Wickham Wanderers was really because of the FA Cup draw and the fact that actually Berkhampstead and Gravesend and Northfleet happened to come out together. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I was playing um, for for Berkhampstead Town uh, in an average league. We were probably mid table. Nobody was tearing up trees. I certainly wasn't. You know, just ticking over. Um, we, we all played pretty well on the, on the day of the Gravesend game. Uh, well, certainly enough, well enough for someone to notice uh, because Gravesend were a couple of leagues above us then at the time. So, yeah, a chance conversation between their manager and someone involved at Wickham meant that, um, yeah, again, I, I, I wouldn't know who it was that made the call. Maybe a John Reardon, maybe an Alan, Alan Hutchinson. These are names from back in the, back in the day. Maybe a Jim Melvin. Um, made the phone call to to Berkhamsted Town and invited a couple, couple of lads down. So yeah, yeah, it's incredible, really. And then I suppose once you've got um, once you've been given that opportunity, then it's about taking it. So uh, yeah, I was certainly uh, convinced that I wasn't going to let that opportunity slip through my fingers. And um, yeah, to then go on and and have the career that I had and captain captain the team, yeah, can be quite proud of the uh, um, the route through that um, that I came. So. Yeah, all good. It's an incredible story, isn't it? Especially, as you say, when you look back at how long you were at the club and the different kind of teams that you were involved with and, and how it progressed, obviously, from being a non-league club to a football league club and from players that were working, um, you know, sort of day jobs and then and then playing as well to going full-time as well. Yeah, yeah, no question. I think I think I, this is what I try to say. I'm not involved in, in football at the moment, but I, I do watch a little bit of local football and... I try to tell anyone that will listen that um, you don't know how close you are to that. You know, um, I was, I, I harboured no real aspirations of being a professional footballer. I loved it, always have done. My enthusiasm for footballs never, never uh, dipped. Um, I always loved it when I was playing on a Sunday morning, on the parks, whatever um, state the, the pitch was. I just loved playing football. And, um, and I was given an opportunity and I, and I grabbed it. I, you know, I had to get up to speed pretty quickly. Don't get me wrong. But um, yeah, this certainly could have passed me by. And so I, I do say to, to other lads uh, of, in the same situation, you know, a little bit of dedication, a little bit, you know, doing a bit extra, maybe fitness, whatever it might be. 
I mean, stupidly enough, just going to the park all the summer that I knew I was going to, to Wickham for, for a trial pre-season, I spent the whole summer uh, juggling a ball to the park and then just kicking uh, religiously a ball against the wall. You know, it sounds like something out of the blooming 1950s. I know that. But yeah, it's what I did. I mean, I, I wasn't particularly good with my left foot, but by the end of that, that or by the time I went in for that trial, I could kick the ball with my left foot as good as anyone, you know? So, yeah. And it must be so pleasing for you to have had the, the length of career that you did. We had um, David Jones on uh, a couple of weeks ago talking about, obviously, he was so pleased that, uh, you know, not having any arthritis in your knees, considering the problems that you had with that. And, and it was a fantastically, you know, sort of long career and successful, obviously, the, the injuries as well. But again, that must be so pleasing to have recovered from that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you probably know my my background. Um, so I was, I was you know flying really in the first first few years i had a sort of fairy tale journey into you know the first season playing at wembley uh in the trophy final the second season uh i think we were joint top but didn't go up or something like that um the third season um yeah won the won the won the double got promoted um the first the, the next season again we got promoted again then I got injuries. I got a, a cruciate injury, which was, yes, anyone would tell you it's the hardest thing to cope with uh, in football. Um, I was out for a year. When I was told um, it was bad, um, Martin O'Neill came to see me at my house with my parents and gave me some advice. He said, there's one guy that's getting guys, uh, fo- pro footballers, back playing to a good standard at the moment. It was the same guy that did Shearer's knee and Niall Quinn's knee at the time and he gave me the opportunity to go and see this guy up in, Cam- uh, in Cambridge his name was da- uh, Dr Dandy and um, yeah he did a like a groundbreaking um, surgery on my knee which enabled me to come back I, I wanted to be the quickest back uh, of anyone it, you know the fastest was eight months I was going to be seven months you know because I just thought that would be the way and it was a bit demoralizing at times because um, yeah, eight months went, nine months went, and it pretty much it was a year uh, all told that, that I sort of got back going again. And, um, yeah, managed to get myself back in the side fairly quickly, played 15 games and then done my second knee, so uh, done my other cruciate. So I knew what was ahead of me, which was quite daunting. But, yeah, to have come through that and played a lot of games after that, I, you know, I can only thank Wickham for the medical... Um, advice I got along the way and the um, uh, the treatment that I got. Dave Jones was fantastic with me and um, yeah, it, it enabled me to, to play the 500 odd games that I did. Um, obviously disappointed that I couldn't play. You know, it, I was taken, two years was pretty much, two seasons was taken away from me. But um, yeah, the fact that I was able to come back and play uh, into a sort of mid, mid thirties was, um, yeah, it was incredible really. It must have taken huge sort of a mental strength as well as, as you kind of touched on with the, the time that you were out, but but also great physical strength to sort of recover as well. I think so. I mean, that, that's the times when you are, I mean, I'm saying no different to anyone else will say. Um, you get there when you're injured, you get there before anyone else. You've probably done two sessions, um, some re- rehab work before the lads come in. Uh, you watch them go off and kick the balls around. You're not allowed to kick a ball because um, you might injure yourself again. Um, you watch them all come in and have their dinner and go home and then you're off on a 13-mile bike ride and then you've got a pool session afterwards. So, you know, and that's not what I was paid to do. I was paid to play football, you know. 
you know, in the, in the professional game. I was so pleased that I was getting paid, but I just wanted to be back out um, kicking a ball again. So, uh, yeah, tough. Uh, you know, there's 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 outside distractions. Um, some people will tell you, you know, all I did was go to the bookies. That was never really, I was never really interested in that gambling. Some people would say, oh, yeah, I got into dr- uh, drugs or drink. Was never really uh, interested in that. Um, so, yeah, just head down, try and get yourself fit again. I was still getting paid. It could have been worse. And then, uh, yeah, the great thing is that first or second training session after you uh, get thrown in with the balls again and getting through it and knowing that your your knees are stable stable enough again. Yes, yeah, it's, it's um, yeah. And then it's about you know going going into the first challenge and then then it's uh, a lot of it is mental. Yeah, you know, as you say, it's, it's then going right. Okay, I am good enough to get back. You know, my mobility had changed in some ways. You have to adapt your game a little bit, um, but. Yeah, just great to be given the opportunity to get back out and play again. You mentioned Martin O'Neill. What was he like as a manager? Um, how long have you got? <laughs> <laughs> Only half an hour, and we've still got to speak okay. quite a lot about the semi-final. So, so, so maybe in like two minutes. What was Martin O'Neill right. like as a manager? Two minutes. Okay. Um, the best that I'd ever worked with, um, just a great person, um, fantastic motivator, um, knew, knew the game. People, pe- people talk about him sometimes or didn't, um, latterly in his career of being, you know, an old fashioned manager, a bit of a dinosaur. Nobody, uh, I think that worked with him, with him would say that, um, he taught me the game. Um, he taught me how to win. um, yeah, he was just a breath of fresh air. You know, he he took the team at that time on a journey. And if you were willing to listen and try and learn and um, sacrifice, uh, you know, other things for the, the glory of uh, promotions and cut runs and, you know, open top bus rides, um, then, you, you know... Um, you were happy, you know, it's, he just made it a happy environment. He was a real hard taskmaster. I mean, there, there'll be a few people that played under him that didn't like him because you had to give everything, you know, and if you didn't, he'd tell you. So there was no airs or graces about it. It's quite simple. Uh, instructions were given. Um, but if he trusted you, it was um, a pleasure to play for him. And also, of course, not many people get to play for, for so many different managers, but be at the same club. That must be quite an interesting sort of experience to have gone through other managers too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, everybody, everyone, I mean, I've, I've probably given a glowing account of how Martin was, but I learned something of everyone. Um, I won't go through them all, but um, technically speaking, people like John Gregory, John Gorman, they improved my, my ability, I think, more um, because I spent more time on the training field. Uh, and perhaps, perhaps I could have done with a bit more of that earlier on in my career, because as I said, you know, you've, you've heard the journey. It was quite a, a raw journey from non-league. Um, um, maybe I could have done with a bit more fine tuning um, early on in my career uh, and then had Martin at the end of my career. Uh, but, you know, he was just he just intent on, on, on winning. Um, so I learned that at quite an early age, which, which stood me in good stead nonetheless. But yeah, yeah, it was really nice. Learned something from from every single um, manager I had. Uh, some great people along the way. Um, 
yeah, and it was. It, it, it's nice to go on a journey with those managers um, and the fans. You know, that's the beauty of it. <sighs> you know, some some guys played for lots of different teams and, you know, could barely be recognised, I guess, at the teams that they played for, you know, for a season or two seasons. The fact that I was able to hang around at, um, at Wickham for so long uh, gives me, you know, a bit of notoriety um, at Wickham. You know, not, not that I'm... I don't need that at all, but it is nice uh, and it's nice to talk about um, Wickham Wanderers through the... Through the through the ages, I guess, you know, the ex-players association is fantastic. It allows me to learn a lot about um, the people that came before me. And I've got a keen interest in the, uh, the current affairs at the moment, uh, with the football club. So yeah, it's, uh, it's just, it's been a big part of my life and uh, long may that continue. And obviously you get asked a lot about the, the semi-final, but the run to it as well was, was particularly special. Yeah. 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 I mean, crazy, crazy times, you know, um, I actually missed a couple of games early on, um, I think through injury or one thing, thing or another. But um, yeah, the lads went away to Grimsby, I believe, uh, got a fantastic result. Um, yeah, I wasn't even there, but I listened to it on the radio. Um, and then there's the infamous Wimbledon game that uh, was just topsy-turvy and ended up in the, um, in the penalty shootout. I don't like to talk about that one because I missed my penalty. So um, <laughs> <You can gloss laughs> I'll try and keep quiet about that. We'll gloss over that. <laughs> you will gloss over that. <laughs> yeah, but that was a fantastic evening. Um, I talked about it not long ago in that um, the atmosphere didn't seem that great at the beginning of, of the game. But uh, little did we know there was an accident on the motorway. So most of the fans turned up about midway through the first half. And I can remember, um, yeah, about 10, uh, 20 minutes into the game thinking, oh my God, the place is absolutely rocking, you know, and it, it continued all the way through um, into the penalties and, um, and uh, yeah, we were lucky enough to, to sneak through winners um, uh, in that game with uh, a guy called Gareth Ainsworth on the losing side, which is, uh, yeah, I always rib him about. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously getting to lead the team out in the semi-final and obviously the, the scoring the goal, that must be something that will, that will stay with you for, well, forever. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fantastic. Again, I don't dwell on it. I don't think about it too much. But yeah, always nice to be reminded of it. Um, really um, proud of the whole team's achievement to get there. It seems like something out of a fairy tale now. Will, will it be done again? Not too sure. Um, but yeah, we, we were a good side. Uh, that's one thing I would say. Had a lot of senior players in the team and a sprinkling of youth Um yeah, again, a never-say-die attitude. Um, you know, it looked like we weren't going to get through at Fieldwood Street against Leicester. And then um, Roy came out up with a... Roy Essendon came up with a probably the best header he's ever scored, if I'm honest. Yeah, great celebrations after that. And then, yeah, to lead the side out uh, at Villa Park was a really special occasion. I've talked about, about it before. I had some relative success early on in my career. Um, Wembley appearances, playoff wins, things like that. But on the wider scale, when you talk to anyone um, and mention the FA Cup, it um, it crosses borders. You know, you can talk internationally to people about the FA Cup uh, and the fact that um, Little Wickham Wanderers pl- played in the semi final. It um, it certainly left a mark, and it's yeah something that, as I say, we're we're all very proud of. And you mentioned the Ex Players Association. That's such a great kind of. Uh, idea, if you like, to get you know players from so many different generations to share their experiences. 
absolutely brilliant. Honestly, I think everyone will tell you it's a fantastic thing to be involved in. I've learned so much about the history of the, of the, uh, the football club. I've met some great guys along the way. Um, they do a golf day each year, which um, has been brilliantly supported um, ever since it started. They do a bowls evening, a quiz night. Uh, they do an annual dinner, which is due again this November, I would think, because it's, it's, it's generally um, a November evening that they, they put it on. Um, yeah, and it's just great because um, the guys that run it, Alan Hutchinson and John Taylor, uh, amongst others, uh, do a fantastic job of reminding people what a great club it is, uh, reminding people of the people that went before my era. Um, so, yeah, we'll be keen for people like Matt Bloomfield, um, Russell Martin, uh, Mike Williamson, you know, these names that are, you know, a little younger than me, but um, to get them boys involved in it and contributing uh, and sharing their memories of what uh, great times they had at our brilliant club. Keith Ryan's our guest on the Wickham Andra show this evening. Our final part on the way next. This is Wickham Sound. Final part of the Wickham Andra show. Uh, still to come, we'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth looking ahead to uh, the game against uh, Luton on Saturday when there'll be five games left. And uh, we'll be hearing more from Keith Ryan in a few moments' time as well. Great to get his thoughts, though, on um, obviously what's a huge career and, and the different managers that he's played under. Back with Keith in a few moments' time, but uh, we'll be chatting more uh, to him about that. Uh, Shall we hear from, um, from uh, Gareth, though, speaking um, a little earlier on this morning? I got to chat to uh, him uh, along with uh, Rob from the Bucks Free Press looking ahead to uh, the game against Luton. So obviously last weekend, two great results. How important was it to pick up those six points? Everyone else picked up points, Rob. So yeah, we just got to keep doing what we can do and control what we can control. So yeah, really pleased we've got the uh, we've got the points on board, but we just can't rest on that. We've got to keep going and keep pushing and see how many points we can get. You know, it's um, like I said earlier. You know, people probably expected us to be the worst, the worst team ever in the in the championship and. We're, we're a mile away from that you know we're, we're really surprising a lot of people with what we've achieved in the championship I think for Wickham Wanderers I think we've opened a few eyes got a bit of respect and if we could survive that would be you know absolutely fantastic but um, just getting as many points on the board as possible is the aim and, and that was a great weekend for us I saw something someone tweeted out um, since February or something if, if you took that form from then you're, you're 13th or something how how does that show how you've sort of improved this season? I think there's a, a, a few things involved in that. I think it's uh, people will still not realise. I made four signings in the summer and two of them were out until January. I think that coincides in uh, having everyone available, Tafazoli and Uchi especially, two big signings who we thought could more than handle this level. Unfortunately, both picked up injuries and, uh, you know, Tafts was unavoidable. A, a serious ankle injury picked up against Swansea and uh, just one of those freak things. And, and you know, you, you look at Liverpool and you, and you think, does it affect you losing your players? And of course it does, you know, and, and people are saying, why have Liverpool not had the same season? But, you know, I'll give you Virgil van Dijk being out. It's a huge, huge thing for them. And, uh and I think we've got we've missed two huge players at the first part of the season, which as a manager you plan for you, you you make you make all your you know make all your plans. Bale had an operation in the summer, so we brought Uchi in because we knew that Bale would be out for a period of time, and Uchi was injured, and 
it was just real bad timing and I think that um, well I know that if we'd have had everyone fit injuries do come and injuries go and you can't you can't say that but for three months two major injuries really cost us I think it was the timing of that decisions as well went against us but they've, they've you know they've, they seem to come and play against Wickham a lot of the time so we can't really moan too much about that but yeah I think it goes to show that um, we've just been on the end of some bad luck this season and uh, typical it's our first season in the championship and uh, that's where you get punished but you know we, we've learned plenty of lessons and if we can manage to, to pull off the escape it will be fabulous and uh, like I say with a full squad I know what I've got in this building and I know we uh we're more than good enough to, to stay in the championship but unfortunately you know it's uh, it's it's not pan out that way but um, like you say since the turn of the year we've probably been uh, you know mid-table side and that's uh, that's very very nice to, uh, to to see obviously looking forward to Luton now how is how is the squad is in terms of injuries obviously Dominic, Dominic Gape came off uh, last week against Blackburn how's he doing? yeah Gape uh, will probably be out for the Luton game but, um, you know, there's a lot of other players really, really close to coming out of the treatment room. Yeah, we're, we're, we're a pretty strong squad for Luton, which uh, which I'm really pleased, you know, I'm really pleased about. So, picked up one or two, you know, JJ will assess, but it's not as bad as we thought. So, yeah, we're really looking forward to uh, to picking a full squad up today's training on, you know, Thursday's training is going to be key again to see it comes through this okay but um, yeah only Gapey really is is 100% ruled out everyone else has got a chance which is good How tough is the Luton game going to be um, localish derby um, I don't think you've been in them since 2018 so how tough is that sort of you know that game going to be Yeah I mean going to be key we obviously we, we didn't play them last year they were in a league above yeah. us so uh, you know we, we probably only missed out on, on one year there of, of defeats <laughs> but uh it's going to be tough. All games are tough in the championship. You know, Luton have, have seen what it takes to survive in their first year and they invested and they spent a bit of money on bringing some players in and uh, and they're a good outfit. You know, Nathan's a, a good manager and uh, obviously he's, uh, he's very key to Luton Town and, and what happens at that football club. So, yeah, always, always tough when Luton comes to Wickham. You know, local-ish like you say, but um, I think that those... Derby sort of feelings in the championship are, are a bit less because we've got so much to concentrate on and uh, yeah it's going to be a tough game and we've just got to be on our A game if we want to get anything out of Saturday and, uh, and I, w- I want the boys to keep this run going uh, Finally six games left have you sort of set yourself a target of how many wins you're going to need to survive or is it just picking up as many points as you possibly can? No, we, we, want to win all, we want to win all six games that's our target and anyone who knows me I think we'll have expected that statement. So we just want to win all six games, see where that takes us. You never know, even that might not be enough, but we want to make sure that we give ourselves the best opportunity. So winning all six games is something that I've said to the staff and and the boys know that we go into every game believing we can win it. If we win all six, let's see where we are. It'd be tough not to do it if you win all six, but also, like I say, first half of the season, for various reasons, uh, we just didn't pick up enough points, and uh, and we'll make sure we put that right if we stay in the league or if we come back. Great to hear from uh, the manager speaking ahead of the game uh, on Saturday. Uh, Keith Ryan's still with us, and it'd be fantastic to sort of get a bit more from you about the semi-final. As you mentioned, it was sort of twenty years ago today, and and there must be so many points in the game where where you just thought, well, you know, it'd be great to even just get a goal. 
Yeah, yeah. I think that's what um, was so pleasing about getting the goal. It was um, it'd been a long cut run, hadn't it? You know, um, we played about eight or nine games, I think, up to that point. Um, it was a fantastic away day for the fans. It wasn't so much for the for the players. We honestly believed we had the ability to win the game. It might sound fanciful or romantic or whatever, but um, yeah, I think when you, you can get yourself in a mindset where you think um, you can win any game, um, and actually, after an hour gone, there wasn't a lot in the team in the, in the, between the two teams. And um, at that point, maybe just a little little after, they brought on. Stephen Gerrard, who um, maybe less his performance, but more his presence, just changed the whole emphasis of the game in my eyes. I, I just felt that the Liverpool players um, just felt that he would be the difference in the game. He, he, I think he was about, I might be wrong, about 21. And at that point, he was having a few issues with injuries uh, and, and playing a lots of games. So they were being quite sensible with him um, knowing how good a talent he was and what a prospect he was at that age um, they were picking and choosing his games for him and um, yeah he came on with about 20 minutes to go along with I think it was a Mill Heskey I think um, and that was pretty much the turning point um, yeah but then so they went 2-0 up um, and then I was managed uh, was able um, to get a goal with about 5 minutes to go and and it was incredible, you know, the whole end full with Wickham fans, scarves, banners, mums, dads, you know, it just went crazy. The whole end went just ballistic and uh, it was a fantastic feeling and I hoped it wasn't just going to be that. I just We were all like desperate to, to keep that cup run going and even if we could have taken it to extra time or penalties or something just to, because we enjoyed thoroughly the... Um, um, the run, the trip, the um, the adrenaline-filled sort of journey that it was. Um, yeah, I've, I've heard Laurie Sanchez say that that he really, you know, the the team really believed that they could actually go all the way and win the FA Cup. Yeah, it sounds incredible, doesn't it? It sounds incredible. I've even said um, that we felt we were quite unlucky to get Liverpool. I mean, you'd you'd have wanted to miss Arsenal, no no question, but we felt if we'd have pulled Tottenham out that year, then we'd have had a real good chance um, because Tottenham weren't performing particularly well. Um, Arsenal were the side, if you like, that was still left in it. And Liverpool had just been to Barcelona and not lost, I think. Um, so they were on a decent run of form. Um, but I, I don't think Barcelona even managed to score against them, did they? Because that, <laughs> that, was, that was something that you had up on Barcelona. Oh, there you go. Does that make, make, make me better than Messi? Surely I it think does. it probably does. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, incredible times. Um, look, I'm not putting Liverpool down. Liverpool down. They were a fantastic football. Game. Look at the look at the players that they had on the pitch at the time. You know, um, Michael Owen, um, Robbie Fowler, um, Gary McAllister, Emil Heskey, as we mentioned, um, Sammy Hoopier. You know, top class players. You know, and and yeah, uh, Laurie. Uh, to be fair to him, had put us in a bit of a mindset because he came from that crazy gang era and because he had achieved. I mean, he'd done what he was asking us to do. So it seemed that more believable, um, albeit he was playing in the top league. Um, 
uh, yeah, I think when you're talking to a guy that's been through it and done it and scored in the cup final and won the cup, you then then it becomes that much more believable. Um, so yeah, I mean it was it was fantastic. But I've I've said before and it's on record that we weren't skipping and dancing out of that stadium. You know, everybody um, chin were on the floor. You know, it was very disappointing to have gone out. You know, you know, even for Wickham Wanderers to have appeared in the final. You know, I know it sounds stupid again because it's it seems like um, you're ungracious for getting to where you did, and, and we certainly are not. And we can look back and be proud of it, but yeah, I somehow feel sort of we um, well, we missed out on that occasion at, at Wembley or wherever it was Cardiff, I think that year. Um, yeah, so so mixed emotions really, I guess, on the day. Um, very proud, but um, still disappointed we didn't go that extra round. But really interesting what you say as well about you know the whole cup run because there was just something magical about it. Once we'd beaten Wolves in the the fourth round and then we we took Wimbledon obviously to a replay and won that on on penalties and then less. Yeah. There was just I don't know the momentum. You just did feel that actually something completely magical was happening. And so uh, exactly as you say, it, it sounds completely far fetched to say that Wickham Wanderers might yeah. have got to the the FA Cup final. But in the same way that it used to sound absolutely crazy to talk about Wickham Wanderers getting to the championship yeah no absolutely that I think I think that um, the one thing that's sort of ingrained in this our little football club is that um, I don't think we know when we're beat you know which is a great uh, trait to have um, yeah but you're right you know there was teams that went on before us wasn't there Chesterfield uh, got to the semis and it didn't quite make the final um, yeah there was a, there was a there was a, a belief that ran through the club that um, certainly something special was happening Um we couldn't quite pull it off, but as you say, I mean, Wolves, the, we've got those great memories of Rams jumping into the snow, Andy Rammel uh, behind the goal. Uh, I think the fans, again, uh, contrib- contributed there because I think they'd spent most of the morning clearing the pits so the game could go ahead. Um, Sam Park is last-minute header there against Wolves. Um, the Leicester game was just incredible. Um, walking out of the hotel, um, getting on the bus to go to the, the game, um, there was um, a motorway bridge in the distance and I don't know whether it was uh, planned, but there must have been 15 Wickham supporters coaches parked up on the on the sort of bridge, seemed like on the half, hard shoulder uh, as we got on the bus and it was just an incredible time. You know, I talk to people now about, um, um, you know, these occasions uh, and... Uh, yeah, where they were in the semi for the for the um, quarterfinals, for the semi-finals, and everybody everybody's got a story. So it's it's lovely to reminisce um, about these great times. Must be especially nice to still obviously still be based locally as well. As you say, you probably meet people out and about who, who just just want to talk about those times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah, again, I, I would say I don't dwell on it too much. It's it's great having this conversation, but I've got a, um, a small cl- a flooring company at the moment, and I'm in and out of people's houses and. Nobody knows who I am, and I'm on I'm on a site, and they're talking football, and no nobody has a clue who I am, and they're talking the biggest lot of drivel I've ever heard. But I just keep my mouth shut, and you know I don't I don't really pass comment because it's not it's not really what I do, you know. So I, I'm quite understated. I don't really go around um, talking too much about what what I've done or or the achievements that um, we all were a part of, but. Um, yeah, I mean, at a time like this or, you know, when I'm, I'm sat down with football people and uh, people that are interested, then it's great to have a, 
a chat about it and a natter and sort of reminisce it's, it's good fun I think something that's been really interesting tonight is you've you've alluded a lot about how much the fans actually were able to affect some of those games, particularly in the FA Cup run. And clearly this season we haven't had any fans in at all, um, or bar for a couple of games. And Gareth has very much said that, you know, that he feels that actually if we'd been in the championship when fans were allowed at Adams Park, we possibly wouldn't be in the position we are now. How much of a, a difference does it make when you've got, say, you know, the, the whole Holt ends uh, cheering you on? Yeah, I mean, I think you you are absolutely right. I mean, imagine the supporters being there at every home game. That's got to have gained you 10, 10 points, no question. Um, it is a buzz. We're all, um, in some ways, uh, show-offs. You know, it's why we like performing. It's an art, in some ways, that football, you know, there's nothing better than scoring a goal and celebrating with the fans. There's nothing better than going in the bar after a game and having a chat and being patted on the back and... Uh, discussing the game, yeah. Well, I mean, it's been it's been horrendous, really, for for the football club and for Gareth and for all those lads. Um, uh, fantastic that they're playing in the championship. Don't get me wrong, and nobody can take that away from them. But imagine a full or nearly full uh, Adams Park every week. Uh, the place would be jumping. You know, Wickham have been written off from day one of the season. Um, but you can't tell me that the, those fans wouldn't have sung from the kickoff till the end of the game um, because it's such a special achievement, you know, to get to the championship and to um, to be competing week in, week out with these um, big, big, big sides with such strong support. It would have been, um, yeah, incredible for everyone. And uh, I'm pretty sure you're right that um, we'd have squeezed a few more points um, out than, than we've got at the moment. And just finally, what would you say is so special at the cl- about the club and, and what kept you there for such such a long time? Um, apart from the fact no one else wanted to buy me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, uh, I mean, I, my story is is that I turned up at Lokes Park um, and just felt such a warmth to the to the football club. Um, and again, I'll, I'll hark back to the, the original story about going to watch my... Sorry, excuse me. Cousin, cousin played at um, Lokes Park, and I managed to play two games there. And yeah, the warmth, the uh, the affection um, uh, that I got from all of the fans there when uh, when I first turned up, um, and everyone I've met. You know, I, I always was a great advocate of going into the bar after the game, and I, one because I like to pint a beer, but um, two to to speak to people. And you know, you have to be strong enough and brave enough to. Go and face your critics if you've had a bad game. There's no, there's no shame in that, you know. But equally, go and chat and discuss, and you know, uh, and be a part of that football club. And uh, and it's ingrained in me. I, I loved it. You know, um, I used to when it was being built, and I knew that Wickham were having a new stadium. I used to drive up there just to have a look, you know. Um, so yeah, a lot of history's gone by. My family lived it all with me. Uh, Mum and dad came to mostly every game. Um, brothers, sisters. So, yeah, very special place in my heart. Um, Enjoyed every minute of playing there. Um, Yeah, I can't really say much more than that. It's just been a a pleasure to represent them. Um, It's been a fantastic playing career, obviously, and it'd be nice to get your thoughts briefly on because you you sort of were in charge of the team, a bit of a stand-in manager for a time. How did that sort of compare, if you like? Again, yeah, great honour. Yeah, it's something that I would have loved to have continued to do. 
yeah, had had relative success as well, which was nice. So we, we weren't in the best of shapes uh, when I was asked to do it. Um, and yeah, I was more than happy to take it on. And uh, yeah, I think I've, it's, it's been documented again that we won two games um, of which, you know, I, I was caretaker manager and there's nothing better. There's no better buzz than winning games as a manager. Um, but, uh, you know, it might, I might have struggled a bit more because I'm not a very good, a good loser. You know, if we'd have lost those games, I wouldn't probably wouldn't have wanted to continue to do it. Do you know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, then I went on to to um, manage the reserve team there under John Gorman, which was a, a privilege and brilliant to work with John and his attitude and his and his thoughts. I since went on to to then uh, work at Queen's Park Rangers and, and manage teams at uh, under under 16, under 18 level and reserve team level. Again, it's, it's, it's just setting up a team. Uh, it's giving them what you feel they need to go out and perform to their best, to the best of their abilities. And um, yeah, you're just, you know, hoping that they'll do or be a rep, uh, representation of you on the pitch. And yeah, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Well, it's been a real pleasure to speak to you. Thank you so much for your time and great to, to chat to you and hear your memories. And, and we could have, could have spoken for a lot longer. Oh, but yeah, really easily. appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's been brilliant. No problem at all, guys. It's been lovely to chat to you. Thanks again stay for your safe. time. Uh, all the yeah, best. Stay safe. Uh, Keith you. Ryan speaking to us here at Wickham Sound. Uh, great to get his thoughts. Uh, I've got some top guests coming up in the coming weeks as well. Uh, I'll be hearing from uh, former manager Gary Waddock in a couple of weeks' time as well. Really looking forward to that. And, uh, and some other top guests between now and the end of the season, which, as we've but mentioned, isn't too far. They're, they're going to have to go some way to, to beat that, really. <laughs> There's a podcast version as well, so if you did miss it, perhaps you've just tuned in and you thought they were talking to Keith Ryan. I know. Uh, you get another chance to catch up with that uh, from wherever you get your podcast from. We're back at the same time next week here at Wickham Sound.